Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I am Gurdjit Deegan, Campaign's Creativity and Culture Editor. As a countdown to the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity begins, I'll be speaking with Richard Brim from Adam and Eve DDB, Larissa Vince from TBWA London and David Wigglesworth from Grey London about their thoughts on the event. They'll also be reviewing some of the latest ads. But first, I'd like to welcome Charlotte Rawlings, reporter at Campaign, to discuss some of the latest news. And in keeping with the Cannes theme, why don't we begin with the shortlists that have been announced this week? Hello, Charlotte. Hi. How are you? I'm good, although I have got a bit of a cough, so it's probably not great podcasting voice, but yeah, we'll go with it. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. No cough, thankfully. Uh, so why don't we talk about the, the shortlists? Um, as mentioned, it was Titanium, Glass and Innovation Lions uh, revealed earlier this week. Do you want to tell us about the highlights out of that? Um, yeah, so Adam and Eve DDB's The Last Photo for Campaign Against Living Miserably and ITV was shortlisted for a Titanium Award, um, which I think was, was that the only UK entry? That was- yeah, so it was the only, also shortlisted was the Apple, uh, Apple's The Greatest, um, which is for the US because the US would have entered it, but it was made by the London team. So Alice Tong, who moved from Channel 4 a while ago. Boo, we want um we UK, want for the UK. UK entry. <laughs> yeah, no, um it, I mean, it's an American person. business, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, um and yeah, it's really I mean, I can't say I'm surprised about campaign against living miserably's work because that did really well at um campaign's big awards. I'm not saying that sets the precedent for Definitely Can. Does. Definitely but, does. <laughs> but yeah, I did I did I was thinking Charlotte's predictions were that's gonna do really well at Cannes. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, so for those who haven't seen it or heard of it, um it was a really poignant campaign, um, made up of the last images taken of people before they had taken their lives. Um and the whole idea behind it was um, to challenge stereotypes around depression and what suicidal looks like. Um, and yeah, I can see it's the only UK work among the 17 nominations, which is impressive. Um, and then also Apple's The Greatest, um, like Gadget said, was also shortlisted. Um, and this was a really empowering film spotlighting the brand's accessibility features. And it also marked International Day of Persons with Disabilities when it came out. Uh, and it was really impressive to see such a high energy and empowering film about yeah, something like that. I really liked that as well. And as we'll, um, not to give a, out any spoilers for the interview uh, coming up, Rick, um, it's one of Rick's kind of like um, predictions for can winning work. But as, as you say, with the disability, there's there's a real lack of people with a disability that feature in ads mm. in not in a you know stereotypical way yeah and this work did so well to kind of just make it as this is how we use apple in our everyday lives yeah um, so i think and 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 then also like the high energy of like the way alice works and the way she produces films like that um i think really comes through so those were the titanium lions what else did we see in the shortlist this week uh, yeah, so other notable campaigns include Korean National Police Agency's work by Chael Worldwide. Um, the film was called Knock Knock, and it was a film to help uh, domestic abuse victims call for help silently. Um, and it's it's just good to put like a spotlight on things like this. It's rare that you see that being put out in like the mainstream media. Um, so it was really interesting to see yeah. that film. Yeah, 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 I agreed. That, that was also uh, picked up a glass line shortlist. Um, and again, like no spoilers, there's 
<laughs> although I am doing spoilers clearly the upcoming <laughs> magazine next week there's a little bit about that in uh in our creativity issue so there was the innovation line as well uh, there were no UK shortlists but the um government of Tuvalu the first digital nation by the monkeys in Sydney um was shortlisted for that and also titanium and that was quite an that was striking yeah um I wasn't expecting it to go where it was going so in the film the minister is addressing the viewer um and what you would see in any sort of news coverage of a politician giving a speech about something important um and he's talking about the effects of climate change and the camera gradually pans out um and you can see that he's in almost like a like a virtual setting is he on the smallest island mm, or so he's on the smallest island in uh, in Tuvalu um talking about the effects of climate change and the film um kind of makes it clear what it's, it, yeah it's like mm. a tiny island and then there's blackness like surrounding yeah. him which is quite visually striking i wasn't expecting to see where it was yeah, I wasn't expecting to see that. Great. Okay. So then the other thing, Charlotte, you wanted to talk about um, was uh, bringing back slogans. So yeah. brands are, uh, you've noticed a small trend in uh, brands bringing back slogans. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> what's going on, Adlam? Why, why are we bringing back? I mean, like, this is obviously um, interesting that quite a few brands have decided to bring back slogans from like the, like the past marketing. So we've got Morrison's bringing back more reasons to shop at Morrison's, which um, was dropped in 2006. Um, and then we've got Branston, which is, is it bring out the Branston? Yeah. Bring out the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Branston, bring out the Branston, uh, a slogan from the seventies. So that was ages ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's really like retro, like reviving, yeah. um, yeah, so some old stuff. Um, and then also we have Ribena bringing back an ad, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, the Berries one. The Berries, but more just the song. I oh. think I remember it when it when the 2011 um, ad that came out with um, It's the Summertime, that that song, um, that rendition of it. Um, when that came out at school, I just, I, I was saying, I was saying to Will earlier, Will Green, who was our news editor, that I used to... Um, I just remember singing that song all the time at school. Um, and I only really know the words of the Ribena version and not the original version, which is quite embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so when I saw that was coming back, I was like, oh, how nostalgic. And I think that got me thinking like, oh, are more brands going to be bringing back their slogans and taglines from the past? Because um, it has got it has got that nostalgia element. Um, I can't remember the nostalgia last time. Nostalgia is such a big thing at the moment, isn't it, as well? Uh, is it, it because, is it because the present day is so depressing that we're just not willing to like <laughs> acknowledge any of it and we just want to go back to when things were simpler, maybe? Um, but I can't remember the last time I bought Ribena, but now it's like, I want to buy some Ribena. It's quite a nostalgic <laughs> drink for my family as well, so... Yeah, but um, that's the point. That's the point that they're trying to make. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's for the it was for the eighty fifth anniversary, wasn't it? That's why they brought back the ad. Um, and then there's Hofmeister bringing back George the Bear as well. So all of this, like, yeah, classic, almost like iconic marketing, making its way back, and it's just. Yeah, I, I want to know the choices behind that. And you've got a question piece coming up. You're asking people about what, which slogans they should bring back. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. It's not finished yet, but we've got yeah a couple of comments already um, about what yeah what what creative strategists etc. Like would love the opportunity to like bring back a a slogan that's like made a big impact. Um, and there's some good there's some good answers so far. I feel like I'm learning a lot about the history of advertising um yeah okay thank you charlotte that's all we have time for today 
So moving on to our discussion on Cannes, I'd like to welcome Richard Brim, Global Chief Creative Officer at Adam and Eve DDB, Larissa Vince, Chief Exec at TBWA London, and David Wigglesworth, Executive Creative Director at Grey London. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. So are you looking forward to Cannes? Indeed. So David, it's your second one? This is only my second. Wow. Absolutely newbie to the Cannes game. Larissa, do you still do you still enjoy going? I know you've been a few times. I'm just still amazed by the idea of the second can. I wonder if like they're still full of like enthusiasm and anticipation, um, which <laughs> which would be great. Yeah, I've been um, probably a bit like Rick. I don't know. I've I've been to Can. I can't even remember. Probably for 15 years. I even went once when I was eight months pregnant, which was an interesting experience. So yeah, I've definitely done my time. I do still look forward to it. I think we're very privileged to be able to go. I think we can't be sort of neggy about it. I mean, obviously there are some things which are more fun than others, but yeah. Rick, go on. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I am looking forward to it. I think, as you say, we're incredibly privileged that we get to we get to go there. Uh, uh, the, some of the conversations you end up having are amazing. Uh, I really like sort of walking around the palace, seeing the work. Um, there is always a sense of underlying anxiety about it. About um, the awards? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think um, it, 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 it's it. You never know which way it's going to go. You never know where people are. What's going to come out of the woodwork? You never know what's going to be the runaway train that year. And I mean, it's it, it's exciting. It is exciting actually. I can't call this year. And I've, I've been trying to look at all the different shows and looking at one show, which is always a good indicator, the Andes, um, DNAD. And, and I, I, I really can't call it. So it makes it more scary, I guess, then, but also probably more interesting as well. Normally, we know, don't we? We've got something where like, oh, that's going to totally clean up. I have, I kind of go with zero hope to any award show. That's the only way I survive. Way I feel like any time you feel like something will get something, it's just guaranteed to get absolutely nothing. Yeah, I go with zero hope, and then it can only go up from there. That's definitely the way to approach life, isn't it? <laughs> oh my it God. Is. I remember. Getting, I don't know whether it was amazing advice from my dad or the worst advice ever, but he told he pulled me aside once at a young age and was like, "Son." expect to fail always expect to fail and then everything will be a success from there and i like as a kid it was like ah the theory for life and then i've chatted to people about it since and they're like that's terrible advice no i think it's really good i haven't this is not wasn't from my dad but i have a similar thing which was um when i was on i was going through a real period of like worrying about stuff and i was on a bus and i could i heard a little boy behind me and he was talking to his mum, and his mum said to him something like oh um, you're just like your dad, you never worry about anything. And he said, but mum, if you worry, you just get the bad thing twice. So that's been, that's my version of what you're talking about, which is like, okay, just stop worrying about stuff. Like maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but that's not going to help. So so what are we looking forward to in Cannes this year? In Dave's case, winning loads of awards. <laughs> or not, not he's not looking not, forward not to Not winning it. anything, giving up hope. So anything would be great. I'd like anything, a little bit of okay. I think for me, it's what Rick was saying before, like the conversations that you have. It's quite easy to sort of think about can as a, um, it's quite, sometimes it's quite hard to articulate the value of can, but I see it a little bit like when you try and articulate the value of sort of impromptu conversations that really make you think or um, make you see something differently. And it's, you know, it, it is the sort of meeting point of all the most incredible minds in our industry. 
And so those conversations I just find amazing. I always come back having thought of something new or thought about something differently as a result of the people I've talked to out there. So that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. With my tiny cans experience, that's kind of how I felt before. That's what I enjoyed most. Like the awards were kind of like a fun, if you got something, you're like, oh shit, cool. But actually it's just like getting, like meeting mates that you have been for a long time meeting people that you never knew you knew but you've got weird little connections hearing about work you didn't even know existed kind of getting excited about that so it kind of felt like just roaming the streets and getting wasted in bars till late in the morning and having chats that you never would have had before was actually the kind of most exciting part of it for me awards just become a nice bonus on the side it's it's that it's that work that you never knew existed as well i think i think you wake up every day and and yeah, you don't know. You don't know what. I think. I think the awards serve a purpose in in to a certain degree. But I think. I think beyond that, I think. Um, yeah, it's seeing work that you that from from like last year. The, 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 I remember when I was doing film. There was an amazing piece from uh, Belgium um, that you would never have seen, and it and it got completely missed in the jury room. And then somebody just brought it back, and it was absolutely batshit crazy. And it's just, it's just that, oh, okay, you can do that as well. <laughs> do you know, it, it, it's that sort of open, having your eyes open to. What about talks and any 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 um, kind of sessions that you're looking forward to? I had a quick scan last night. Uh, I mean, I, the the, um, the Saturday Night Live with Law Michaels and Chloe Feynman and 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 the cast of uh, SNL. Mm. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah, can't complain with that one. Yeah, I think, I think, I think. Um, yeah, there's some interesting things. There's there's some okay things. And do you, do you draw inspiration from um, talks like the SNL one, or um, is it more about what works going on and and who who you're kind of catching up with there? Yeah, I mean, I would say just from a personal point of view, I, I mean, I think talks can be incredible, and sometimes the ones in can, as Rick's saying, are like it's so sort of way out there in terms of the quality of the people and and that's that's really great but the only trouble is because they're quite broadcast and obviously there's thousands of people there's there's only a certain level of you know it it operates at a certain level I mean I personally find the work much more inspiring because I'm not privileged like Rick to be able to be on say for example a film jury but what you can do any of us can do is go and look at work and how often do you get that chance like I don't I'm pretty sure no one in my agency does because everyone's so busy trying Doing to you know, work. exactly like just being able to sort of immerse yourself in incredible creativity for long periods of time that it, it's it makes you feel good and it gives you great ideas so yeah that more than the talk to me but that's just that's just me really. I'm definitely on that camp it's more just hoping you see some madness that you've never seen before that then you just want that little spark so when you go back into the office you might suddenly think of some wild freaking Swedish ad that's mental that you've just witnessed you never would have seen in the other context before and it might buy you to freaking show something or hype the squad with some fresh blood. And actually we have clients there and um, you know sometimes people say about clients oh you know clients are in Cannes and do a bit of an eye roll but I think it's amazing having clients there for the reason I just described. So because clients need inspiration as much as the rest of us do, right, around the possibilities of the creative work. And I always find when clients go, they come back really filled with that. 
Um, so yeah, that's it. I think that's I think that's I think that's the main reason can is great. <laughs> That that it's it's a week. Yes, it yes the the optics of it. You're on the you you're on the the Cote d'Azur and the sun shining boats and there's parties and this one's flown in by helicopter to perform at this party and that and all that all that bullshit that goes with it. But the fact is, clients are there talking about work around work, wanting to do better work, and that's what the conversation is for the week. Every the amount of sessions you've got about talking to various various different clients about how we can get to better work, how we can get to more creative work. And and and, and maybe, maybe it's just for the week and certain, certain clients, it will be just for the week, but other clients will walk away and be really inspired. But the fact we're talking about that and the fact that this this promotes that, it can only be a good thing. And, and, and I think if you look at the very core of that, that's what can should be about. It should be about celebrating what our industry does best, the power of our industry when it's done, done when it's, when it's utilized correctly. And that's, that's great. And yes, it comes with all the, the weird trinkets of parties and beaches and 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 fundamentally, if, if it's if it's an industry talking about how to make this industry better and, and the work being at the centre of it, then then that's a great thing. And I think the client involvement in Cannes, you know, for me is something, Gadget, you were asking about having been to Cannes for many years or, or so on. For me, that's a thing that's really changed. So when I first went to Cannes, I mean showing my age maybe it was 20 years ago I don't know it felt like we were talking to ourselves but now it feels a much broader conversation and that's really important because obviously agencies can't you know it's we're in a joint venture with our clients right and so you know we need to be aligned with our clients on what great looks like we're trying to get to great together and so having the clients there as well in the conversations is for me being a really positive change um even though I know it served a different purpose in the old days because I think it was really for the creatives. And by the way, I do think there's something missing there, like as in the creative community needs something too. And Can has moved away from that in my view. But um, yeah, it's a positive that the clients are involved in the conversation for me. I disagree that a little bit. I think, I think, I think Can is, I mean, every year you'll get, I think it is, it does celebrate creativity and it is, it is about, it, 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 at the very core of it, you've got the awards, and it does celebrate creativity. And and I mean, every every creative will walk away from Cannes every year, going, "Well, that was fucking rubbish. Well, I didn't agree with this, and I didn't agree with that." And blah blah blah. And that and every creative <laughs> walks away from every award show. But what do you think? Um, the only reason I said it, Rick, is like it feels sometimes like um, you know, you, you kind of walk down the closet, and there's just these huge sort of. Thing. I mean, I'm not calling anyone out, but media owners like just huge sort of displays and stuff well meta i'm thinking like Spotify. yeah exactly one of my most angry memories freaking kendrick lamar playing on the spotify stage i couldn't get in i was like steven i was like, i want to watch kendrick stood outside like overlooking kendrick playing he's putting on like the most sublime performance i've ever seen he sounds amazing and in front of him and there's just like tables with wine glasses and no one paying attention to kendrick it made me so mad you know we're like you could freaking do that anywhere in the world. And in that kind of size freaking venue, my anger levels went to like 5,000. That he's, to be fair to him, he's putting on the greatest performance as well, just being completely blanked. But it has, it has, got, it has got a little bit, yeah, I, I, yeah, it has got a little bit. Those, those weird beaches are a little bit weird, but they're a little bit, it's a bit, it's a bit business. And we're not, we're, we're, we're going away from the work. But I think the work's still there. I think it, I think it, it, it satisfies everybody. <laughs> Half a day when you're watching Kendrick. Absolutely fuming. The one thing I always 
get from fans is a little bit of like hatred and anger that the shape of campaigns that some of the other countries seem to get to make just always I always leave just really pissed off because I feel like in the UK like it feels like we're quite traditional in the type of work we make and you just see some of the wildest shit coming out of like freaking random countries. Yeah, I really get you. I think it's because in some of those other markets, the clients aren't so siloed. So that you'll have a client that's looking after everything all the way across um, all different channels. I think that really helps. Whereas we still have, you know, agencies are in buckets, clients are in buckets. It's a bit frustrating, isn't it? But that, 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 seeing, that seeing different shape work from different places that's what it's about. It's like, it, 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 that's it, we used to be the we used to be, be the people where where people would go from and look. Oh, no, like the, the UK was look at the words coming out of the UK and looking. And I love the fact it's not like that anymore. I love the fact that that Mexico won its first Grand Prix last year, and I love the fact that that some of the work that's coming out of Thailand, TV stuff that's coming out of Thailand is just like what the fuck is that, and where did that come from? And 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 that's what can does better than any of the other shows it just it just it gives it gives it gives a really sort of flat platform for everyone and 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 it allows it allows the work to shine and and from wherever by whoever what are your thoughts on the sustainability protests so last year greenpeace um made quite a noise on that love a bit of protesting <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, really. yeah, I love it. Do you mean anything else, Gadget, other than whether we enjoyed the the placard waving? Um, because we might have done. I mean, it, it's. I suppose it's it's great, right? Because it makes us all stop and think. And I think all of us, like as leaders and business, sometimes need reminders that actually we need to start thinking about this sort of stuff. Um, I do sometimes think. I don't know. It's the if I was if I was the which I'm not, thank heavens. If I was running can, of course, there's a big sort of dilemma, isn't there, on like how big do you make something like a festival? Because obviously you want it to be big for commercial reasons, but equally the bigger it is, the more unsustainable it is. So there's loads of things for all of us to sort of wrestle with around that subject. But yeah, it, it's, um, it might be the ostentation of can that particularly draws attention as well. I wonder, like when Rick was talking about, you know, there's a view of can of like, rosé and speedboats which probably doesn't help and then um, Rick you mentioned about the awards and you can't call it um, and when it comes to awards in our industry there's obviously been a lot of talk in the past few years about purpose do you expect more purpose to be filtering through in these awards this year I think that purpose is an, an interesting chat I think last year was. I, I I think it was ridiculous. I think I think there's, there's some statistic that seventy or uh, whatever, however many, what the percentage of the awards that were were, were purpose led. I think there will be a lot of purpose again this year. But then there's a lot of stupid stuff, um, which is brilliant. There's a lot of there's a lot of big brands. I think some of this work that's been done for Ketchup and Heinz. There's some really big good contenders in there i think there's i think i think i think there will be slightly more of a mix this year but i think we are in a world where where brands so, so i mean i i think i think a big winner will be the greatest by apple and you could you argue that well is that purpose or is that just a great ad but there will there, there, there will be purpose because we've still got a lot of muscle memory that that work that is the work that is is awarded and that's the work that actually translates universally and it, 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 it's it's 
I don't think it's going away, but I think there will be less. I think there'll be. I think there'll be more spread this year. I hope so. There's just something really dirty to me about the way the industry is desperate to try and tie itself to purpose-driven like causes that just never sits right with me. I feel like my problem is become like a form. I think, as you said, Rick, it's kind of started to creep in more and more because it's a formula for success and everyone will freaking do whatever means they can to get success. I feel like there's the odd bit of purpose work where it actually highlights a problem. The brand has a reason to be in that space and they actually do something to educate and change that you can't refute. Like that just feels right. That feels cool. That feels good. It feels to me like in the last few years, five years it's just got to the point where brands are just attaching themselves to important or important purposes just to kind of self-congratulate so i don't know what the fuck it is but i don't I've like, got a I like it's basically driving us to walk because when i look back at advertising that i used to love growing up it felt like advertising understood its place it was a shit distraction no one wanted it you wanted to watch prince of bella or freaking malcolm in the middle an ad had to kind of exist in a way made you not hate it so it's like advertising kind of had a clear purpose to just not annoy you or i don't know what it is now i feel like we've kind of lost our, our reason to exist and so now we're trying to attach ourselves Find to a new of- one yeah i mean i really agree with that by the way but i because I, because i sort of feel like there was a there was a phase wasn't there where we were desperately trying to justify our existence rather than just embracing the fact that actually we've got a great role to play and I, by the way you know advertising does have a great role to play because business and societies are sustained by um, successful economies and obviously advertising has a real role to play in that so we shouldn't be ashamed of it but I've I've started to wonder more recently whether um, purpose has sort of replaced brand in the minds of advertisers so that you know in the past where there there was a belief in brand and the um, importance of messaging at a level at your brand level as well as at your product level and for some reason now we seem to have confused brand with purpose and they're not the same thing. So I'm sort of wondering if that's what's going on because I hear you guys about all oh, people are doing it to sort of win awards, but that doesn't really explain why the clients are doing it. And a lot of this stuff is often generated from the client. No, I think, I think, I think it's, it, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I, and also we, we, you can't just go with one fell swoop. Oh, it's all purpose or non-purpose or like, like, like you look at uh, today's point about, about, Brands that do it in a really authentic, like Dove, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think do really, really, really well. But and and, and it, it, it's baked into everything that they do and every sort of business decision they make. And 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 I think people have seen that that, that the success of that and going, oh, we want a bit of that. Um, but it just feels inauthentic. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think Apple's, the, I think the greatest. It, it's just a product demo. And and it's just done with 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 a with a with a a sort of lightness and a lightness of touch and a way that 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 the, the, the disabled community hasn't really been shown before and 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 and, and none of that sort of pedestalness of of of, of 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 some of the work we've seen and I think I think that that just feels effortless. I mean, that doesn't feel worthy or you, you can't smell. That feels kind of authentic in a way that you don't completely authentic. And I think, I think, I think the authenticity is more important than anything else. Like, like I think there's some brilliant, and I mentioned Heinz before. I think there's some brilliant work for ketchup, stupid work, funny work, insightful work. The, the work where the, the, the print stuff where they've got um, 
people squeezing fake ketchup into ketchup bottles. It's like it's so true. Yeah, it's amazing. And then and then the McDonald's uh, we taught late night. It's just dumb. Yeah, there's no purpose in there, and I think I think we'll see we'll see a bit more of that. And then then as I say, there's there's some amazing stuff from Thailand. Some there's there's some great stuff. I think I think I think there will be purpose though. I don't I, think it will go thing, away. I think the only way you can make purpose like not go away because it never will and i don't think it needs to like you said when done right and when it's kind of attached like it's not getting in front of the brand so like apple that per- the purpose in the ad doesn't sit above the brand it's just right the right thing for them to do in that space showcasing their product because they're doing something about it so the brand still sits at the top my problem with purpose is probably and the reason it's overtaken everything is when you sit on judging panels you'll see a stupid shit ad for a shit product that's funny and makes you laugh and then when you sit that next to an ad for like an important cause, like you can't just like people find it hard to go, actually, I just want to pick that shitty, silly thing over there because the cause is more important over here. Uh-huh. I think when you sit those things next to each other, that's when it gets tricky. I feel like we maybe need to just separate. Well, they used to because can, can used to have a different category, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, I've been on juries where people are go, well, we have to award this cause. We can't not. We can't not have this cause in our in our sort of sweep of of the work we're putting out there. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is it good work? I don't. I don't actually like the work, but the cause has to be there. It's like, no, no, no this, 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 this is this is this is gone. And actually, I, I, from 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 juries I've been on, you just desperately want a bit stupid. Like, like there is so so. Actually, I think I, I think if people are out there smart. Uh, and and they want to win awards, doing something that's just really fucking dumb in a, in a sea that, of purpose really stands out. But then even on awards, because, I mean, look, this is a personal preference, but last year I really loved that Twix ad just because it was for a brand and it was funny and it was actually quite short and I just thought, oh, my God, that's like proper advertising. And is I think Twix it won a bears? silver. Yeah, the Bears one. Yeah. I think it won a silver. And I remember seeing that thinking, Jesus, that ought to get a gold. Like, Really? I know. I don't know. But I, I saw it. Made, yeah, I, <laughs> I, saw it made, I kind of made me think, are they just not winning? Like those kinds of ads just aren't winning. There's another important question to me, though, is I've spent my time trying to do stupid shit. And you don't, it feels like there's a rule that like comedy or get silver. can't get more than bronze. And like we used to joke with it with Jeff, like make a freaking like sword out of all the bronzes you get from comedy like you can never comedy yeah. whenever it's not allowed to get gold so it's like you I'm can trying give to it a silver if, like or maybe we can make a silver comedy rarely ever gets like if you look at grand prix and golds across the year comedy never gets up there i don't know why it is i wonder if it's just subjective so in dark humor half the people in the room get others don't well there is there is there is there is that there is the internationalness of the jury and what makes and what makes um, what you laugh at, and and and, and there is there's like, like as I say, there's some there's some work that comes out of Thailand, and and there's there's an element of like, are you laughing with it or are you laughing at it? Like, is this in that market actually? Yeah, just a funny ad, and are we laughing at it because it's it's it, the, the, as Westerners, it's like crazy and and different, and it, 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 the humor is humor is hard on a jury, really hard on a jury, uh, because. Obviously, we laugh at different things. It becomes such a lucky dip. Like when you're talking about the juries wanting to, it is always, it then just becomes who is on that panel that particular year, isn't it? You might have a, a 
be of people that actually are just into dumb shit and you're you're laughing. But generally, you need to want that kind of shit to award it. Whereas kind of purpose or just a strong idea that freaking just translates across borders is easier for like many people to get into. So I think that I think that actually as 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 I think that 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 responsibility falls on the president because I think I think awards are more than just handing out handing out things to people to say well done. I think I think they especially people, things like can and DNA D. They need to be kind of like the doomsday book of that year. Of this is what would good look like in that year. And I think I think the curation of, of the shortlist and the curation of what actually wins is it, it needs to be exactly that. It needs to be a curation, and and you need to look at it and you go, have we got a fair spread here? We're going to have to leave it there. But that's a really um, re- really interesting discussion. And when we talk about t- purpose, it always brings up a lot of a lot of points. Um, so. Thank you guys for, for, for that discussion in, uh, about CAN and I look forward to seeing you there. Um, let's move on to the next part of the podcast. Uh, Rick, Larissa and David are sticking around to review some of the latest work. First up, we have Record Lig, Be a Little Frook Tig by Havas London. The Cider brand has released a 20-second ad set in the beautiful uh, Swedish countryside. We see a couple enjoying a picnic, but they run out of Record Lig. The woman calls for a horse, which saves the day by bringing a couple uh, some bottles of cider. The campaign was created by Amy Rose Lynch and directed by Jonas Bang through Newland. Let's have a listen. So, David, did it make you uh, thirsty for some cider? Um, this felt like a close miss to me. Like, I love the craft levels. It looks beautiful. The mu- the freaking soundtrack they built, the way it's freaking love. But it didn't feel like it went anywhere or it didn't go somewhere that kind of made me actually laugh or smile. It just kind of wet my appetite for more, but that didn't really satisfy my thirst. Larissa? Yeah, I mean, I really like the sort of thought. And and also, I sort of get it, like, and that's good. Like, I get it straight away. And it, you know, it's a tough category, right? They've got to do something. But I'd agree with Dave. It's not, I didn't, it's not one of those executions that I watched and went, oh, wow, you've totally landed that. It feels like they got halfway towards something. It feels like if they can stick it and continue with mm. it, it could start to become really interesting because just... I don't know, the way it looks was freaking lush, the world they've kind of created. Yeah. It feels like the yeah. start point. If you actually double down on that line and start just dialing up the madness, you could have a lot of fun with it. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think I think it, it I really like the way it, it was put together. I like the 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 kind of oddness of, of how it looked and, and how it felt. But I think it's a first piece of work and it'd be I'd be interested to see where they take it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next we have Cadbury with speakerphone by VCCP London. The work continues the brand's There's a Glass and a Half in Everyone platform and shows a man sitting in a car as he receives a call from his son asking about his first day at his new job. It was directed by Steve Rogers through Some Such and created by Simon Connor and Steve Cross. Let's take a little listen. All right, love. It's me. Oh, hey, son. I thought it was your mum. How was your first day? 
Fine. Good. Come on, Dad. Everyone was just, I don't know, younger. Yeah, but that means you've got experience in that. Yeah, maybe. Well, um, I think you're real clever, you know? I wish I was like you. Anyway, I'll got you something in a glove box. Before you ask, did they have fruit or not? There's a glass and a half in everyone. So, Larissa, do you fancy some chocolate? <laughs> um, always. No, uh, I really like this. I, and actually, it probably works quite well in audio, weirdly, which I, I'm going to say is a compliment, actually, to this very simple, this idea. Um, but it really, it quite got me. I think, obviously, it's well acted, right? And I, I really like how Cadbury have taken Joy into a completely different place. It's a bit parochial of me, but when I was at Fallon years ago, Cadbury was in the building and it was always a big sort of discussion about, like, what does Joy mean? And it, they've sort of gone out of cliche. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I love a bar of chocolate for me, Mum, and I thought, I thought that was was excellent. Um, I love the campaign. I love the thought behind it. I, I like I, 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 this one falls a little bit short for me. I, I feel the performances, the dialogues, a little bit contrived, um, and I find it, I find it just a touch too contrived for me. This one. Whereas I think I think there's some been some ex- and it's it's a hard one because they've done some excellent executions in this. I thought I thought that the old man um, with the with the ball was was great. I loved the little girl playing with the little unit. I thought that was really smart and really insightful and and just deftly directed. And it was just 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 I thought it was great. Um, this feels a little bit contrived and a little bit heavy handed for me. As 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 a piece of work, it's great, but in the work that's gone before this, I, I don't think it's up there with maybe a couple of the beginning ones. David, I am probably going to disagree with you there, Rick. A little bit, I think. I think love Steve Rogers. I think he's like an absolute craftsman when it comes to performance. I actually found some of the previous ones felt a little bit too ad constructed for me i don't usually love the kind of wannabe earnest advertising it makes me feel a bit sick so to get it right is like a dangerous game to play for me i actually freaking love how tiny these are like just tiny little snippet moment again i know there was like some people loved and hated the garage one they did where the daughters like paid for the food with the bar of chocolate but it's fun thing i just love the simplicity of these last little few campaigns where it's just like man in car freaking father and daughter in a garage station they feel so like small and kind of inconsequential that they actually become quite interesting to me and they they don't feel like advertising in a way that's very dangerous to play when you're trying to create a little earnest moment between father and son this wasn't my favorite one of the bunch i'm with you on that one i don't think it like nailed it quite as much as some of the others but i don't know i just think the way they're directed and the kind of small minute nature of the little moments just feel kind of cool to me in a way you don't often see when people try tapping on the old heartstrings it's the quietness of it isn't it they're so quiet and it's so unusual like i really notice them when i do watch television the hauntiness of the garage i like the garage i like Mm -hmm. i I thought i i I agree with everything you're saying there 
I just found the dialogue in this a little bit, yeah. a little bit, oh, just, 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 just. Tiny bit over the edge. The wrong side of right. Mm. Garage hit it, like, garage, I like yeah. way more than I ever expected I would. Some of my mates hate yeah. I just thought there was something about the casting and the kind of, you just didn't see that little tiny moment coming and it wasn't a big ad reveal. It's just a tiny, oh, shit, I, yeah. I didn't see that. That's kind of cute. And it kind of got you in a way that you expect it to and in a way that caught me off guard because I hate freaking earnest shit. I kind of liked it quite a lot. Liking it despite yourself, Dave. Yeah, so I think <laughs> if they can make me like that yeah. type of guys, then I'm like, okay, they've done it. Usually you just want to call out bullshit anytime you see that. This one was slightly on the line, so I agree with you on that, Rick. It, but I just love the simplicity of it's just literally locked off in a car and it's just the dad on his feet. There's something quite cool about the like single room drama, freaking nature of it, which is kind of cool. Okay, so next we have Branston, which has resurrected its 1970s slogan, Bring Out the Branston. The ad by Wonderhood Studios shows a bland sandwich communicating with a man telepathically while he sits in a seemingly boring meeting. The campaign was created by Brian Stewart and Dave Farthing and directed by Andrew Gaynord. As we approach the new fiscal year, it's imperative... Gary. Gary. Down here. Yeah. The sandwich. Oh, Gary. Look at stay to me. It's just so bland, mate. I'm pathetic, Gary. Slather me. Cover me in that tangy blanket. Bring out the Bradstone. Oh, yeah. You're a good egg, Gary. Bring out the Bradstone. So, Rick, what do you think? I, I like the fact they brought the line back. I think, I think, and I think this ad is there to deliver that. I, 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 I like this. This sort of I don't know. Morrison's did it brilliant. Like Morrison's shop it right. I, I, it was a good line. It's a great line. And I think um, I'm not. I'm not wild on the execution. I think it's. I think it's okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not wild on it. But I think. I think the idea of using bringing back that line, I, I, I like. I mean, I really agree with that because it's a great line, isn't it? And we, we shouldn't move on from things that are great just because someone else did them or they were old. Like, I'm interested in what Dave thinks because for me, this feels like they've tried to be funny and you can see them trying. And that's the problem. It's, it's almost like it's not, it didn't, I just, for me, I, I didn't think it was as funny as it was trying to be, which is kind of a shame. Um, it felt a bit, um, like you want to push it, right? But it felt obvious and over the top at the same time i'm really sorry i hate saying negative things i do think that the line is brilliant and actually you know there's a lot in this as a thought isn't there it's just an executional thing um yeah i completely agree i think i'm all about bringing back old fame if you have a line that's a banger that freaking people still call out 20 years later you should bring that back and you should do it well I don't think they've done it well. I love Andrew Gaynord. I think he's got some really fun, dark stuff. And for me, your point exactly, Larissa, when it comes to comedy, the biggest thing that bugbears me is when, you, when you're trying to be funny or when you can smell or hear the lines that you're writing that are trying to make people laugh. Like, usually it's just, it, comedy is always better when you just play it straight or you don't try, like, kind of overplaying it or you don't try being goofy for goofy's sakes. Like, when I saw it, I just was, why you could have gone really dark and twisted with the words coming from the voice of the sandwich. Like the second you start putting like regional accents in to make people laugh or you start writing silly kind of food punny related lines to kind of make it sound goofy. 
like it's not my personal taste i think you could have just been really straight and like weirdly dark with the way the sandwich is like talking and calling out to him that would have just been 100 percent funnier but in terms of like a start point the bringing back the lines funny the executions as point one i'd just strip it back and stop trying to be goofy and just be a little bit kind of straighter and slightly more odd the setup's already so odd that you didn't uh, need to be silly with it on a completely side note there was no babies last year that were born called gary <laughs> so <laughs> let's move on to the final ad uh gift gaff ode to bad contracts by neverland this is part of the brand's we're up to good platform and the film shows a lavish business dinner as a voiceover calls out the contract confuses and the price rises the waiter then spills coffee over a bad contract, making way for Gifgaff to give people a better one. It was created by Liam Creera and directed by Nick Ball through Blink. Let's take a listen. Dear Bad, thank you. Thank you to the contract confusers, the price rises, and the fine work of the small print writers. Yeah, cheers to the bad mobile contracts out there for showing us how to make a good one. Switch now at gifgaff.com to a contract that would rather raise your data, not your prices. So, Larissa, what did you think? I actually really like this idea. I think it's, and also, the thing, I didn't love everything about the execution. It feels slightly a bit of a cliche, but I do feel that the brand has sort of built itself a tone with this, which I quite like. Like the, the woman at the end, she's got a lot of attitude. And that's a cool thing for me because I never really felt like I knew what Gif Gaff's tone as a brand was before this campaign. So that's what I'm going to say is what I really like about it. I find the fat cats and the laughing with the champagne and stuff like slightly cliched. But I do think the um, the woman at the end's cool. Um, little shout out to Liam Carrera, old Drogo boy, good little creative. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I love the tone they're building with this gift gaff stuff. It feels like you could just start going proper oddball with it. I'm not against cliches if you kind of do it gregariously enough to like be slightly interesting. So I actually really enjoyed the horrific freaking banquet of like businessmen just being disgusting and horrible. It kind of, I enjoyed the first half. I found the end a little bit cheesy for me. I felt like you'd almost could have done better just living in that world of these freaking scumbags that you hate and you didn't need the like little story element of her spilling the contract and marching away. She looked cool and powerful when she did that. So it's a nice moment, but yeah, it kind of felt like you didn't potentially need that little story moment. You could have just lived with these scumbags and wretched humans that you don't want to be and maybe like just freaking settled it at the end with a line that explained that. But yeah, I kind of, as you are, I feel like they're starting to build quite a fun tone that feels like you could only go wilder and wilder with the next execution. So it'd be the kind of brief you'd be excited to definitely get the next one on the desk. And Rick, yeah, I liked it. I, th- I thought I, th- I, I, I liked the 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 grotesqueness at the beginning, um, and the, the, I, I like the idea. I like the the the, the we're there. We're here to serve against this kind of. That Cassie, like we 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 with kind of the good net. Like, yeah, I liked it. I agree with David. It got a little bit sort of melodramatic at the end in terms of it, it didn't need that. But um, yeah, I, I thought I thought it's um, yeah, I liked it. 
Brilliant. Okay, that is all we have time for today. So thank you, Larissa and David and Rick, and also Charlotte, who joined us earlier uh, in the podcast. Uh, That is all we have time for today. If you'd like to learn more about what we have been discussing today, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big thank you to Haymarket's podcast producer, Hannah Holt, and also our producer, Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio. And to you for listening, I hope you'll join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. <laughs>